Hi, this is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at the Eagle Community Church of Christ here in Mont Bellevue, Texas. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you get something out of it. If we can ever help with anything, please let us know. You can check us out online at eaglechurchofchrist.com or also on our Facebook page as well. Today, we talk about biblical leadership. I'm going to start a, a series on that today, and we begin with what is biblical leadership and what is it not? Hopefully, by defining both of those things, we can move forward in a healthy manner as we look at uh, what the Bible says about this topic. So again, I hope this is helpful for you. If we can do anything for you at all, please reach out. Come see us. Uh, I want to talk today um, about a little different subject. We, we talked the last couple of weeks over baptism. Last week was baptism and grace. Today, I want to talk to you about the subject of leadership. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of a subject like leadership, uh, but for a lot of us, I think we, we kind of pull in some things that we see from the world, that we see in our everyday jobs, uh, we see in the world around us, maybe in politics or whatever. And, and so when we, we mention the word leadership, I think a lot of us go instantly to what makes a good leader. Uh, sometimes I've, I've read a, you know, a bunch, I've, I've got a business degree in information systems, and so a, been in the, that side of the world as well, and uh, some companies throw in like weird attributes, like I really like a CEO to be tall. Well, what does that have to do with anything? Uh, you know, but they prefer they prefer not to have five nine John. They prefer to have six four Paul. Uh, and so there, there are a lot of things that are tied to that. I think our image of who a good leader is. Maybe your uh, your your memories are, hey, he was a good leader and he had this this and this. And so we bring uh, those kind of ideas in. But today we're going to talk about biblical leadership. What does leadership look like within the context of Scripture? And and so again, I I think what we can pull in from the world and kind of how our everyday lives go, uh, when we think of, hey, what is biblical leadership? The first thing we're asking is, who's in charge? I want to know who's in charge and how do I get to be it? You know, a lot of us are kind of wired that way. I need to be in charge. I need to do this. Uh, I mentioned this guy last week, but Dr. Orpheus Hayward, uh, he says that's a Gentile question. That's a question that, that, that's coming from people who aren't of, uh, uh, they aren't Christians yet. And, and I'm going to show you today why he comes to that in our first reading of Scripture. Uh, what I'm going to do throughout this sermon is just kind of tie some things together uh, that happen within Scripture that talk about this exact thing and what it looks like to be a leader in the church. Y'all ready? Let's go with it. All right, so we're going to start out in Mark uh, chapter 10, starting in verse 35. And it says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, being Jesus, Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Anybody ever come up to you and said, Would you do me a favor? And they never tell you what the favor is before they ask. That's exactly what's happening here. I'm so skeptical, I always say, what is it? Which is exactly what Jesus does. And so that's the way John is like Jesus. Jesus immediately says, what do you want me to do for you? Okay, I'm not going to agree to it, but, you know, what do you want me to do for you? What are you asking? They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. 
Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with a baptism I am baptized with. That ought to be the Church of Christ, like favorite verse right there. Three baptisms. <laughs> verse 40, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the 10 heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. You get that Gentile thing now. You heard that as the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your, what is it, church? Servant. Servant. And whoever wants to be first must be what? Boy, I don't like that language. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. James and John, known as the sons of thunder, kind of make a habit out of this right here. Uh, Matthew will actually talk about how their mother came to Jesus and asked the very same thing that they asked Jesus here. And, And so they were very concerned with, where am I in this whole thing? I want to be at the top. I want to be a leader. I want to be, you know, let me be the one calling the shots here, Lord. Uh, But what Jesus comes back with is not probably a typical idea we have about what leadership is. Because he says, if you want to be first, you need to what? Sir. And so the idea of biblical leadership that Jesus gives right here to the very people that walked alongside him is you need to go out and serve. And so that's a different thing for us, isn't it? We can pull in all kinds of ideas that kind of uh, infiltrate the church. And uh, you see it a lot when, uh, especially with selecting elders, like a lot of churches, and uh, you know, I, I haven't been a part of an elder selection here, but we'll, we'll kind of pull in, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go to the passages in Timothy and Titus, but then we'll say, oh, he's a good business leader. Well, where did Jesus touch on that? Oh, nowhere. Well, and we pull in all these things, but Jesus just looks at these these guys who have walked side by side, seen all this teaching and said, if you want to be first, you serve. And so you see this habit of uh, what James and John are doing here, very concerned. And you you saw how the 10, the other 10 reacted, right? Because this conversation, when it started, they said, we want to be on your right and left in your glory, Right? And so Jesus kind of gives you, well, it's not for me to decide who's where in my glory. And so it begins there kind of in a, uh, they, they may still think he's going to be like this military king or something, you know. And Jesus said, well, it's not, he doesn't correct them and what all is going to happen. But he says, you know, it's not for me to decide. But then the 10 hear about it. So it's like we're all here together as a group and we're all doing things together. And then all of a sudden, a couple of you, You, not me. I'm not involved in this. A couple of you decide, we got to figure out, I want to be first. I got to be up here and and rule this thing. And so the rest of the people hear this. The rest of the 10 hear this, and they are upset. And that's when Jesus does the teaching, isn't it? You want to be first, you serve. He said, it's a Gentile question to say who's in charge. The Gentiles is who who does all of that. When they are ruling, when they're kings, they're, they're authorities, they rule Uh, and they lord it over them. So authority for Gentiles is, all right, I've got the authority. Now all of you guys shut up. I just want to see how quiet it gets. That's why I said shut up. But that's kind of how, you know, I have the authority, you know. 
I'm, I'm put here, you know, whatever. He said, that's a Gentile thing right there. But I want you to notice even more important, this thing keeps coming up. I mentioned the Matthew passage, uh, but notice right here in Luke 22, uh, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So which meal is this? Passover, Last Supper, right? What's about to happen? He's about to go to the cross. And so can you imagine, you know, as they're, they're sitting there having this meal together, you know, and, and talking, whatever, but notice what happens in the midst of this situation. So then he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink, it, drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jordan just led us through communion, right? So in the midst of uh, Jesus setting up this Lord's Supper, this, this idea of the bread and the, uh, the cup meaning something, have a, having a symbolism to it, remember me when you take this. Notice this. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Anybody want to confess this morning that while Jordan was up here giving communion thoughts or we were taking of one of the, the emblems that you were sitting there thinking, I need to make sure these people know that I'm the greatest. I hope not. But this is, this is what's going on right here. I need to know who's the greatest. Jesus said to them, again, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. So uh, I'm giving myself this title uh, and I'm going to kind of use my authority. But you are not to be like that. He says this, instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, okay? So it, it was a status thing, you know, as you got older, you know, you have this wisdom and, and you know, kids are young and, you know, kind of how we think of it now. He says, but uh, if you want to be the greatest, you have to become like, you know, the younger, like the people serving, things like that. He says, and the one who rules like the one who does what? Serves. So if you want to rule, if you want to be a biblical leader in the church, if you want to be a ruler, Jesus says you have to be like one who serves. Notice you don't see anything about uh, the authority and, and all the decision-making or anything like that, right? He says you want to do this, you be the one who serves. It is not, he said, is it not the one who is at the table? Wait, I've, I've skipped something here. Oh, yeah. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. Now, we might not get this immediately if you're just reading through Luke, which I love the Gospel of Luke, uh, because he's talking about the table. and like, who's, who's greater? And so what, what they're thinking about is, okay, uh, the person waiting on you at the table, you know, you see them as, as not as important as the person sitting at the table having the meal, okay? Uh, and, and that's where you might go here, but the direct tie, remember, this is, the, this is the Last Supper. This is a Passover meal. John 13 is the tie here, uh, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. 
It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning, returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Okay? After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you, should all, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This story is my favorite, but it's also the one that kind of makes me uh, understand that sometimes I can't identify with Jesus. Because in the midst of this nice meal that they're having together, as I'm sure they're enjoying each other's company um, together around the table, Jesus knows, as we just read, Jesus knows that it's already in Judas. Judas is getting ready to betray him, right? And what does Jesus do, the Son of God? He gets up from the table, he wraps his clothes around his waist, and he starts washing feet. He says, do you, do you understand what I've just done for you? And then he goes on to tell, if I, your Lord and Master, have done this, you should do it too. So biblical leadership for Jesus, he set the example, did he not? He says, again, you know, this is not about ruling. This is not about uh, casting authority over you and who's listening to you and who has to listen to you. It is about, I am going to serve you. Did anyone else have a, a reason like Jesus to, you know, I think of this and I think, man, if anybody had a reason to boast or to not do this, it was Jesus. But it was Jesus who did this. I told you before, when I got to Judas's feet, I'd have probably had something sharp in my hand or something. I'm going to wash those feet. It's going to sting, though. <laughs> but for Jesus, service does not count. He's not looking at whose feet is whose. He's not looking at, do they have the merits uh, for, me, for them to be okay so that I can wash their feet? Jesus washes feet because he's a servant. I want you to uh, 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 put in some, uh, uh, some little notes here. Biblical leadership is never about rank. I hate to define it with a negative, but I think we go to this a lot, so I just want to kind of throw it that way. Biblical leadership is never about rank. Where do I rank? Where do I stand? Who do I get to tell what to do? You don't see any of that in Scripture, okay? You, you're not going to find it, okay? Um, when we see something like this, we think about biblical leadership, we may think of Ministers, deacons, and shepherds. Anybody go there this morning? That's what you thought about when I mentioned it? Okay, but I put that on the board right now, and some of you immediately think this. So John is saying ministers are at the top. I said that uh, this morning, and somebody immediately started laughing. They told me after service, that's exactly what I thought as soon as I saw that. So John thinks it's ministers and the deacons and shepherds because we're so authoritarian in our thinking. That, that what we may, must be saying is, what we got to find out is, who's in charge? Who, who gets to tell who what to do? So it must be ministers, deacons, and shepherds, right? Now, I don't like that. Let's mark that out. Okay, it must be shepherds, ministers, and deacons. 
And some of the deacons are upset because John put himself first, and now he put himself second, and, and now we're last, and so I don't like that either. Uh, so shepherds, deacons, and ministers. And sometimes we have really, like, thought that way. Like, you know, you can, you can read church websites, and it's interesting to see kind of how those things flow, uh, to see where, where do I rank here. Um, a buddy of mine in Texarkana, we used to kind of laugh about it because in our, even in our speaking, even, even in our praying, we kind of ordered things. I prayed one time in front of this group of 500 people, and I prayed for the preaching minister, the family life minister, the Hispanic minister, and the youth minister in that order. And my buddy was the youth minister. And I nearly laughed out loud while praying because I, I caught myself doing that. Because we, we just immediately think, okay, where do I rank? In your bulletin today, am I ahead of Jordan or behind Jordan? Because we gotta we gotta know where that is. We gotta fix it if it's if it's right. I missed something in the bulletin one week and I joked with Tammy. She kind of got on to me. I said, listen, I, I only check the bulletin to make sure my name's still there somewhere. You know, it doesn't say preaching minister TBD uh, or something. But that's but, but, so what we think about right here. Is we think, okay, where do I land? Where do I rank? And who's going to tell who what to do? So biblical leadership is never about rank. It is never about power. It is never about power or exercising this authority. As Jesus just said, that's a Gentile thing. Um, uh, we, we think about this in a lot of different ways. We think about, okay, uh, we need to, get, need to get a guy in who's good at business in the, in the uh, secular world so he can you know, bring that same authority and power into like an eldership. Well, again, that's bringing in something that Scripture never talks about. But we just think, oh, well, I think highly about this quality. Okay, but Scripture never says that. It's never about power. Number three, biblical leadership is always about service to others. There are a lot of things, a lot of uh, misconceptions we have about whether it be ministers or elders or deacons that we just bring into it. We don't know. We've just got ideas. Maybe that's the way we've done it before, but we can't bag it up with Scripture. But what we do find in Scripture is it's always about service to others. Can you imagine uh, what Jesus would say to us if he was talking to the very disciples that walked alongside him and said, you serve everybody? He would look at us and say, listen, quit, quit asking that question. You serve. Scripture talks over and over about being a part of the body. Paul did an excellent job picking out the, um, the songs this morning. We are the body of Christ. Remember, Jesus talks about, you know, uh, we're all different, you know, in the way that we fit in with the body, but we don't look at other members uh, and think, man, I need to be them, or, or maybe I don't like them. I don't like that part of the body. No, we're all a part of the body. And so leadership in church is all about how do I serve others? How do I fit in with the body of Christ? What is my role? What do I do well within this? And so we live into that as we follow Jesus. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, this because I think this is the key. Philippians 2, and we covered this back when we went through Philippians. But Philippians 2, I believe, is the key to this whole idea of biblical leadership. Paul says it this way, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing 
out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others where? Above yourself. I don't like that at all. Y'all ever been a part of uh, a church where there was a, a song you didn't like or a particular verse in the song you didn't like, so you sat down and you marked that out? Let's sit down and let's mark that out. What do y'all think? Maybe a little lower would sound a little better to us. Rather, in humility, value others just a little bit less than yourselves. That, that, that feels a little better, right? It doesn't really feel, it doesn't really jive with my spirit to say, I value you above myself. Okay, but that's what he's saying. In humility, value others above yourself. Quit, quit puffing up. Quit, quit trying to worry about where do I rank, where do I stand, how do they see me, and how can I manipulate that so they see me as a leader? You'll hear, uh, sometimes you'll hear pastors talk about it, and it kind of drives me nuts. It's fine to preach to other people, uh, but I kind of, I kind of uh, wince a little bit when I hear a pastor get up and say, uh, so I was, I was speaking to leaders this week. I'm like, yeah, we get it, man. You feel like you're, not only are you a leader, but you're a leader of leaders. And so, hey, I am something. And to me, that I'm being super judgmental, just to be clear. <laughs> super judgmental. But that's me. That's, that's me. Uh, because I, I just don't think anybody should be like that, you know? Uh, that, that you should be wired that way. Not that they are, again, judgmental on John. But that's the way I hear it, you know? I, I've got to lead leaders. But when I hear this, rather in humility, value others above yourself, not like looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. And so many times... Uh, leadership is about who can I step on to get where I need to go? How do I rise to the top so that I can get the power and authority or whatever we think we have or can wield? But here, not looking out to your own interest, but the interest of others. It's about service. Paul continues, he says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. You'll see that in your bulletin. I told Tammy, I said, you can add anything under that if you want. I said, but I just like verse 5. Just have the same mindset of Jesus. I think as a church, we ought to like get some bands like this and put something like, what would Jesus do? And sell them and see if that would be a good thing to sell. I think we'd be the first to do that. Have the same mindset as Jesus. What would Jesus do? What, what are y'all shaking your head for? Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So Jesus comes to earth as God. He's both fully human and fully God, however that works out in our mind. But he comes to earth and he says, you know what? I know where I am, but I don't see that as something I'm going to use to my own advantage. Again, if anyone had a, a right to brag or to not serve or to, to walk around with a crown on all the time, or, or whatever. It's Jesus, isn't it? But Jesus said, no, I'm not going to use that. He says, rather, he made himself nothing. Again, he made himself. Again, we, we, we think a lot of times when I talked about Jesus was tempted too a few weeks ago, I think we see Jesus is, is just having this power that nothing kind of touches him, so it's easy for him. But it says, no, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a what? Servant. Our Lord and Savior came not as a, a king to, for everyone to just stand around and lift up, but as someone who is willing to wash the very feet of the people or the, the man that is going to betray him. It says, being made in human likeness. It says, and being found in appearance as a man, he did what? 
He humbled himself. Again, who humbled him? He did. He chose to humble himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so what we see here is Jesus made a choice. Jesus was tempted. Jesus had free will. He got to choose how he was going to live his life. He humbled himself. And we should too, shouldn't we? He says, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, if we knew how shameful that was, I think that would make more impact. Like how ridiculous that was that people would claim that their Lord and Savior was somebody who died uh, the kind of death that Jesus died. Like, really? The guy who died on the cross, that's who you, that's who you all following? But that's how, how much Jesus humbled himself in this point. He said, I don't care. Even when he prayed in the garden that, you know, God, if you, if you will, will this cup pass from me? He didn't want to face all the, the horrendous things he was going to face. I wouldn't either. But at the end of the day, he even said, not my will, but yours. Still humbling himself before God, the Father, saying, I'm here for you. I'm here to do your will. Biblical leadership is always humble. If you have... I started to name off some leadership things, but I immediately started, all right, who's at the top? I did that mentally. So I'm going to mix it up. Ministers, some of you are still thinking, I think he thinks he's at the top. <laughs> Deacons, Bible teachers, elders. John hates elders. If you have any of those people who are not humble, you don't have a biblical leader. Let me say it again so you get it. If any of those people in our church or any other church are not humble people, they are not a biblical leader. Because Jesus said, you humble yourself, you be a servant. That's where it starts, that's where it ends for Jesus. And I'll tell you what, you want people to follow you? You show them an example like Jesus did. They thought Jesus was pretty awesome, didn't they? And again, he's saying, well, look what I'm doing. If I, your Lord and Savior, am doing this, you go do this for other people. You go do this for yourself. You take care of others. Biblical leadership is always humble. Now, again, we are people, and we are not perfect. Sometimes, uh, and I, I told you this last week, so sometimes I, I joke, and Katie, especially if I've just met you, um, like the Rabers, I'll just give you all a heads up right now. I like to joke with people, and Katie's good about it. She, she's like, listen, they don't know you and don't know you're joking, so... So, so sometimes, you know, uh, even in joke or sometimes somebody will say something, you think, oh, that, that dude is not humble. You see, John, he listed, he listed ministers first like three times. And we're not going to do it perfectly, and we're not going to always get what other people are saying. We may assume things about people, and it may take work. You may be a person who, because of life circumstances or personality, that you feel like you, you need some, some recognition at times, or you feel like, uh, man, I'm, I'm working my tail off here, and I, I got nothing. Nobody's giving anything back. And so there may be times where it, it's a lot harder for us to humble ourselves and to put ourselves in the right place. But biblical leadership is always humble. Philippians 2 ends this way. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Who exalted Jesus? God did. We are so concerned with putting ourselves in the right place. We forget through service, God handles all that. 
Because if we come serving like Jesus did, God's taking care of us because of who we're becoming. And we're becoming like Jesus in that moment. And so I pray that, that as we look uh, to the future in this church, we're looking for a place to, uh, to buy, to put a building, and we're, we're planning out what does this look like? And as the town is going to double or triple in size in the next few years, we anticipate growth. But I think really tied to all that is, you know, the question of what kind of church are they going to find when they get here? And as we grow... I mean, we're, as we get bigger and everything, that's more complicated, isn't it? So if we're not talking about what real biblical leadership is right now, I think we could be in trouble. Because I want to make sure that when people come, they find a, a church that is ready to serve, no matter what position you're in. Uh, I mentioned Dr. Orpheus Hayward at the beginning. He, he says, he's so good with this. He said, uh, a lot of times, we're, we're so concerned about a man's position that we forget about his disposition. I love that. Wish I'd have said it. I may claim it. Forget it. John Gunter said. <laughs> We're so worried about his position that we forget to kind of evaluate his disposition. Are we putting the right person in the right place? We've got, we've got the right leader uh, uh, place. We've got the shepherds, deacons, and ministers. See, I went lower. We're worried about that, but we forget to say, well, what kind of man is he? What kind of Bible teacher is teaching our kids right now? I don't know who's teaching our kids, so don't think that was a shot at them. I, don't, I really don't know. But we have, to, we have to be a church who serves. And I believe if, if people come here and they have found a church that has gotten what we've talked about this morning, you talking about a place that will explode with growth. That'll be right here with us. Amen. I want you to think for just a second. What if... Our political landscape was built around what we read this morning. Anybody sign up for that right now? Like either side of any aisle, whatever, you fill in the blanks. I hate politics, so I'm not going to do it for you. But every leader in every position was a person put there who is a humble person just looking to serve other people. You sign up for that? And we all know that's not what we have, right? And so, to me, that, that's a very important thing that we need to understand that the church cannot be the same as that. What people need to see when they come into church is a refuge from all of that. The church ought to be the example of this is how it's done. We ought to be able to say it without ever saying it. You know what I mean? We do it the right way. We come and we serve. I don't care if you're the man about to say something about me and slander me, or you're, about, you're the guy that's about to hand me over to the authorities, or you're on the other uh, political aisle. It's not about your merit or mine. It's about coming and serving one another, being a part of the body of Christ. So I pray that's the church we are. If we're not, let's make it so. Let's humble ourselves. Let's submit to the scripture we've read this morning. I'm not putting else, anything else in there that uh, you didn't see. Jesus said it. They came looking for where do they rank, and Jesus said, you go serve. And so church, you go serve. If that relationship with Jesus is not right, I want you to just encourage you to let's do so right now. Love to pray with you. I'd love to put that before the congregation and encourage one another. But if you have any needs, would you come as, as Paul leads us in our invitation song? Please stay.